I heal through education. It's my job to empower people because I'm going to teach them about how their body works and teach them what they need to do in order to get better. Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. All right, welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have Dr. Hilary Webster, who is a naturopathic doctor and master of the mind and body connection. The thing I like most about Hillary is that, you know, she's someone who has gone through these health experiences on her own. So, you know, she's able to relate to her patients a lot better that way. Um, and it really shows she's genuine at her craft. Hillary, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Kobe. I'm excited to chat with you today. All right. All right. Let's do this. So, you know, the educational process is a long process to become a naturopathic doctor. Am I correct? It is. It's at least four years, but it took me about nine years to get there because you also have to have undergraduate training. Just like medical school, it's a post-secondary or postgraduate program rather. Okay. Yeah. So where'd you go to school before as your undergrad? Uh, where or what? Where? Where? I went to the University of Western Ontario. Okay. And I wanted to study science, science, science um, because I, and I practice this way still, I wave my nerd flag pretty high. I am a science geek. And so I thought that that's what I wanted to study. Uh, turns out I was pretty unhappy doing that, actually. Really? Yeah. Why was that? So I wanted to be a medical doctor since I was eight years old. And okay. so everything along my journey had been to get to that point. And I got to university and I hated all of my science classes. I hated that the stu the classrooms were full of 600 other people who very clearly also wanted to get into medical school. I hated the competitive nature of it. I hated the everything about it. It it wasn't uh, fulfilling me at all. So at some point, I made a lot of changes. Somebody said to me, actually, someone you should have on this podcast, he's a really cool guy, uh, said to me, Hillary, you can never make the right decision. You can only make decisions right. And that has changed my life. So I made a bunch of what I call right decisions, um, even though I made them right. And I changed everything. So I went from a Bachelor of Science to a Bachelor of Arts and then studied English and went to graduate school in English for English literature. Okay. Where did you go to school? Like high school? Uh, I went to school in Brampton. Okay. Yeah. Which school was that? Uh, Turner Fenton. Nice. Shout out to them. Okay. Um, cause we're both local, you know, we're both from Brampton, Ontario. Mm. Okay. And, you know, when you were in high school, did you want to be a doctor? Like I did. From that age, eh? Yeah, from since I was eight. Uh, when I back when the the TLC was actually the Learning Channel, and they had educational content <laughs> instead of, um, you know, say yes to the dress and whatnot, uh, which is a guilty pleasure pleasure show. Don't get me started. But um, back when it had educational stuff on it, I was watching open heart surgeries. I was fascinated with the way the human body worked, and I still am today. I, I told you I was a geek, so I'm out there doing a lot of research and figuring out more and more about how the body works because it's really arrogant to assume you know that i know everything about the body and i'm very clear about that with my patients today but i will find the answer 
Um, so yeah, you're a bit of a detective. I'm, I'm like a bloodhound for scientific information. I loved it back when I was little too. Shout out to TLC. <laughs> so what was your first, um, like in that transition where, you know, you were, you went to school for science. Yeah. Right. And then you switched to English. That's a, that's a big change. Yeah. Like, I know you got that advice from your, your mentor, so to speak, mm -hmm. but you know, you still had in your heart that you wanted to be, you know, you wanted to be in science. Yes. How did you see value in going to like taking English as a major? I loved it and I was good at it. And so by the time I was doing, so I did a double major. I graduated with a double major in English and physiology. Okay. And uh, so I definitely kept my science courses. I just added an English major. Okay. And what that did Kobe was it to allowed me to exercise my left brain and my right brain at the same time because I would go to arts courses and I would go to science courses in the same day. And that's how I've kind of learned that that's how my brain works. I'm not just a science geek. So I'm a huge, I, I, I've said that already a few times. I love science, but I also, there's the art of teaching and education that shines through in my practice. I educate a lot and there's a, there's an art to what I do as well. So it was really playing to the, the other side of my brain to do the English. And I was just more fulfilled because I guess I was meant to do more of an arts and science type education. And, uh, I, like I said, I was pretty good at it. And I thought at some point I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just be an English professor and do academia and the humanities, which by the time I got to graduate school, I realized was not the right thing for me. And I wound up coming back to medicine, but on my terms. Okay. Yeah. You're probably the only person who has that double major in the world. I feel like it's just, it's just something you don't hear often. You know what I mean? Maybe, but I think we all have the capability to use all of our brain. I think people are artistic in different ways as mm -hmm. well. Um, I'm not visually artistic. I did music growing up and I'm very musical. Um, but, and I don't do that anymore. What's up with that? Uh, but I, I do love, you know what? Here's the thing. The, so my science education allowed me to look deeper and closer and closer and closer, right? You start with somebody's body and then you look at an organ system and then you look at that organ and then you look at the tissue and then you look at the cells and then you look inside the cells and then you look at the, you know, molecules and then you look at the atoms, right? You look closer and closer. Um, my education in English allowed me to do the opposite, you know, to allow me to see the world from a different perspective. You look at the words on the page and then you look at the sentence, you look at the phrase, you look at the paragraph, you look at the chapter, you look at the book, you look at that artist's work, and then you go out and out and out so many times that you actually look at the world differently. Writing essays actually helped me to make sense of the world one word at a time. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So maybe it's unique, but I think everybody has their own journey. And that's what I learned when I got to grad school. Everybody got there through different means. You know, some people took a year off, some people spent um, time doing this or that. Other people were off in a different country, country, and some people went right into, uh, right into school the whole way through. Um, that was me. And I, I did nine years of post-secondary education straight. I don't necessarily recommend it, but everybody has their journey. Um, and so I think it's, it's different for everyone. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when you got out of school, was it your idea that you wanted to have your own practice? Like you wanted to have your own, create your own brand? Was that your first thought in your mind right out of when you got out? What I read. So first things first, what we have to, um, what we have to acknowledge is that I got into healthcare 
for a really, really strong reason. Um, my why for me is very, very strong, but I got into healthcare to be a healer, to be a healthcare provider. I didn't really, I, I'm a, a business owner by proxy as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's not my primary goal. I didn't wake up and decide I want to run my own business. I woke up and decided I want to be a naturopathic doctor. Um, so that has kind of shifted my mindset. Um, so the other thing that we need to consider is that I work in the private healthcare sector. I work outside of of um, the our public healthcare system, which is publicly funded and important and amazing. But you have to brand yourself because there's a whole bunch of other naturopaths out there, and people can go and see you know this person or that person or the other person. But at the end of the day, you have the luxury to be able to choose. People can't always choose their medical doctor because of restrictions, you know, based on availability and geography and things like that. Um, because there's a shortage of doctors in Ontario and we know that, but you can, you can visit any private healthcare provider you want, you know, whether it's your osteopath or naturopath or, or massage therapist or chiropractor or whomever it is. So, it's important for me for people to know who I am and how I practice so I can attract the patients who resonate with that. So if you want someone to be really science geeky, I'm your girl. And also then to practice mind body medicine as well, because that's the other side of my practice. I call myself two part science geek and like one part energy junkie, because we're going to talk about mind body medicine, usually in a way that is scientifically based. But if you don't resonate with that message and the message of, you know, I was I was in graduate school and I was exhausted and nobody gave me the answers and I looked for answers for other people because I had to look for answers for myself. If you don't resonate with that story, go see somebody else. They're going to get you better because you're going to have a better therapeutic relationship. So that for me is where branding comes in to connect to people so they can heal faster. Okay. That was a really roundabout way of saying that, but yeah. it is who, you know, how we got here. Absolutely. And you've gone through a lot of like, personal like health issues on your own right mm -hmm. um can can we talk about that a bit totally i'm a bit of an open book when it comes to that because i think we need to have these conversations mm -hmm. so um i was in I, I was never really a naturopathic kid naturopathic medicine wasn't on my radar as i said i wanted to do conventional medicine and realized that that was not the way to go for me i didn't like the journey that i was on so it's all kind of meant to happen i believe something more out there is kind of guiding our path and getting us where we need to be uh, because when i started grad i was by the time i started grad graduate school i was racing triathlons um and i was in incredible shape and uh, I was training for an Olympic distance triathlon at the time. I woke up one morning and I felt really off. I was really tired. I almost felt like I had raced a, a triathlon. I raced a race and just didn't recover. I thought maybe I was dehydrated or low in electrolytes or something, that I needed something. Problem was, after days of this, it wasn't going away. And that was back in 2010. And it never really did go away. And, you know, so I had a cold a little bit later and, you know, then it, I thought, oh, okay, I was just feeling run down because I had a cold and then it didn't go away. And then I saw my doctor, uh, my family doctor, and she ran tests and she said, well, your iron's low. And I took iron and it didn't go away. And ba a battery of tests later, um, I, I had no answers. I had all over body aches. My periods were starting to go away. Um, 
And yes, I talk about periods and poop all the time. That's my <laughs> job. Um, and my, so, and I, the brain fog was so thick. I was sitting in my seminar classes in grad school and I couldn't concentrate. I would sleep for 13 hours and still wake up exhausted. I was always pining for the next nap. I never did feel refreshed. And all of the doctors told me there was nothing wrong with me. One doctor went so far as to say, well, the only thing that comes up is depression. And we think that you may be depressed. I consulted some colleagues and maybe you need to go on antidepressants. And yeah, yeah, that was, it was really scary to me. I do a lot of education around mental health now. Um, but that didn't feel like the right answer. It's okay. If, if depression is something you suffer from, I don't want to stigmatize mental health issues. Please talk to someone, get, you know, the medication or treatment or what it is that you seek for that. But that was not the issue for me. I said, you know what? I'm not tired because I'm sad. I'm sad because I'm tired. It's different. I couldn't run anymore. I had to stop, um, really put the brakes on my training, which was my major stress, um, stress outlet, stress reduction outlet. And I was shuffled from specialist to specialist. I did chest x-rays. I did, um, I did stress tests. I did an echocardiogram. So they did an ultrasound of my heart. Basically they did, so many blood tests and so many specialists and everyone says, you're fine, go home. Um, and that wasn't a good enough answer for me. And so it was at that time that I was learning more about naturopathic medicine. And I thought this fills in the gaps where conventional medicine can't find an overt disease, but something else still isn't working right. It's not working at a hundred percent, might not even be working at 60 or 70%. And so that was the start of the healing journey for me to get on the right path. And that's when I knew that I needed to find better answers for other people because I'm not the only one out there experiencing this. Fatigue is actually one of the biggest reasons people go visit their medical doctor. And a lot of the time, if it's not an overt disease, if you don't have like kidney issues or diabetes or whatever, you know, they'll just say you're depressed or you have chronic fatigue syndrome or whatever, and they send you on your way. Um, Yeah, it's really invalidating. I felt like a liar at times. I felt like people thought I was making things up and then it was imaginary. I had a friend, a well-meaning friend at some point when I said, look, I was training, I ran a 16 kilometer run and now I can't, I can't run a few kilometers. And she said, can't you just push through? I said, look, I've been doing triathlons for years. I know what pushing through is like. I know what my body's saying and something is off. I was shaking. I was weak. It was bizarre. So it was many years later when we kind of started to figure this out. Um, and so that's my why. That's why I get out of bed in the morning. And that's what reminds me um, that I do this because people come to me for answers when their conventional doctor doesn't have answers. And it's okay that they don't have answers. That's where I come in. Okay. Yeah. And you as a naturopathic doctor, I mean... I- I'd, I'd assume that not every naturopathic doctor focuses on the same thing. Right. What is your focus? As uh, yeah, that's a great question. So what I do is I, similar kind of to my story, I, I help exhausted, overwhelmed people uncover their hidden hormonal imbalances and nutrient deficiencies that are robbing them of their world conquering energy. If that's, you know, a pitch or an elevator speech, that's mine. So I'm, 
a huge nerd for stress physiology, aka the damaging ways that stress affects your body. I've done a lot of research on this, and there can be things 10, 20 years ago that actually affect your nervous system now. And then your nervous system, of course, goes on to affect your endocrine system or your hormonal system and throw everything out of balance. Stress can be very damaging and uh, especially in a chronic way. Normally, you know, in the way that it's supposed to be, um, supposed to be experienced, uh, it's really good. Um, it helps us get away from a bear or get out of danger. But the chronic stress that we experience day after day here, um, is very, very damaging. So if you're worried, if, you know, you're shuttling your kids around or you're stuck in traffic all the time or you hate your boss or you hate the person you're, you know, you're living with in your relationship or, you know, you have a sick parent or whatever it is that's stressing you out long term that has downstream effects on your body in a really damaging way. And I help to, uh, I help to manage that and I help to, um, I help to, at least uncover what that root is and what system it's affecting the most and to help heal that. Uh, so that's the long of what I do, but the short, you've heard, of course, the short of what I do. So if you want to talk really quick, Cole's notes, how stress affects your hormones. Stress is one of those underrated things that literally affects everything we do on a day-to-day basis. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that's, that's something you focus on for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, if, for as people, we go through these stressful situations, but a lot of us feel like it's part of our everyday life. You know what I mean? A lot of us feel like, you know, it's something we should just push through. How do you know when it's something you should push through or something you should actually seek help for? Mm-hmm. Part of it is how you perceive it. So the psychology experts out there say that if you are perceiving your stress as a good thing in that, okay, you know, you got a problem to solve and you're up to the task and it energizes you and you feel good about it, uh, that's going to have more positive effects on your health than negative. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you, it's affecting your mood, if it's affecting your energy levels, if it's affecting your hormones, male and female, I've worked with male and female patients on this, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of guys are pretty... Uh, uh, pretty familiar with the signs or they know at least the signs of testosterone deficiency, yeah. you know, not even sexual dysfunction, but mood changes as well. Um, and for, for women, of course, if their menstrual cycle starts to go one way or the other, or they're having a lot of issues with their periods. Um, so if it affects your hormones, that's a, a big warning sign as well. And also if if weird physical things are coming up for you, stress is a huge factor. Eczema. Um, if you notice that you're having, you know, heart palpitations or pain, it's affected by that. Stress worsens everything. If you notice your blood sugar swinging all over the place, so you're feeling dizzy or hypoglycemic and you need to eat or you're going to pass out, um, all of those signs are signs that stress is really affecting your body in a negative way that needs to be managed. And that's where I come in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. That is powerful stuff. So I think me per speaking for myself and speaking for a lot of other people, um, you know, you have a family doctor, you'll go see that family doctor and you'll tell them an issue. You'll feel like they're not really listening. Mm. Um, and they'll, you know, prescribe you, you know, medicine and send you on your way home. Um, what are some good questions to ask? I mean, this is kind of general, but what are some good questions to ask your doctor to know, okay, this doctor knows what they're talking about um, to sort of probe, okay, this is the doctor I should stick with and this is a doctor I should like run away from. 
Um, are you talking about a medical doctor or a naturopathic doctor? Um, that's a good question, actually. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the med- medical doctor because I think most people have a medical doctor. I mean, most people feel like they're, like I said before, like they're stuck with the medical doctor they yeah. have because it's so tough to get a new one in Ontario. Um, if you're... It's such... That's tricky because it's a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel... You know what? You should, you should just feel like you're being heard. Um, at least a little bit. I have a good relationship with my family doctor. She, she's a good listener. She'll, she definitely refers out for tests. I think if they're not, if your doctor's telling you, you know, to go home, you're fine. That's probably a red flag for me because they should, they should as much as they can rule out all the possibilities that um, could be the source of your complaint. Say you have, I'll give you an example. I worked with a, a young patient who experienced some pretty significant pelvic pain and they rule out a, um, they ruled out a uh, appendicitis because it was kind of in the area where her appendix was. And they did some ultrasounds and they noticed a few things, you know, some cysts on her, on her ovaries that it probably, that may or may not have been the source of the issue. Probably not because as we know physiologically about ovarian cysts is they change a lot over time. Sometimes they can rupture and that's a really significant event. Like it sent women to the hospital before because they are vomiting and in pain and we're talking very viscerally today so if you're a little bit squeamish maybe you should tune out for a sec but that's as far as i'll go um and the doctor she was very frustrated that her doctor kind of wrote everything off because she didn't want to take birth control medications so here's another big red flag when your doctor doesn't um when your doctor isn't supportive of you seeking other therapies, whether it's massage or chiropractic or acupuncture or whatever that, or naturopathic medicine. One that's kind of, it's very controversial to, to, and I've had this happen. People threaten to doctors have threatened to fire their patients if they sought care from a, another healthcare provider like myself. Um, and that's, that's not, that's not good. That's not collaborative. So your doctor should be accommodating and understanding if they're not able to help you to you going to, uh, to seek, uh, seek other help. Okay. That's a big thing for me. Um, I love working with medical doctors. Every, they're all different. Like every naturopath is different. And some, I've got relationships with some who are willing to collaborate. And that's when I do my best medicine. I do my best naturopathic medicine when we're working in, in conjunction. Cause it's really important for me to make sure that everything I do, doesn't interact with your medication regimen if you're on any. And I can't tell you to come off any medications. I'm not going to try to. It would be lovely if you were healthy enough that you didn't need the medication that you you do. The objective is for you to not have them. I know that they're necessary and they serve a certain purpose, but heck, um, you have to, you really have to, uh, you have to work together. And that's what people are craving, I think. So if you have someone who's not willing to be integrative, um, you know, sometimes that's, that's not a great thing, but, uh, sometimes you have the doctor you have and that's, that's okay. It is what it is. And we'll, we'll work with that. I try my best to work with that. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So you're working on a book right now. Yes. Yes, I am. So how's that going? Okay. So I had to take a hiatus for a while because my practice has been busy. Um, but 
I'm going to take a little holiday later this month to finish another big chunk of it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what, if, if, uh, the working title currently will be its final title, but, um, currently I'd like it to be named the unperfect project because I am a raging perfectionist and I have been for a very long time and that's been very stressful for me. And I just talked about how stress is very (laughs) damaging to you. So stress has affected me significantly in a lot of ways. I'm always trying to avoid burnout. I try to help other business owners avoid burnout or other hard workers or high performance folks out there who are running their bodies and minds very, very hard. I'm very passionate about trying to take care of yourself and avoid burnout. Um, and so one of the ways that I need to avoid burnout is to rehab my perfectionist tendencies. So I call myself a recovering perfectionist. So the book is about how your perfectionist tendencies stress you out, the health effects that has on your body. They're probably negative effects, spoiler alert. And what you can do to heal from that, both from a physical perspective and from a mind, mental mindset, mind, body perspective as well. So we're working through that now. I'm pretty excited. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's the writer in me. I'll add. Yes. Um, Cause I, I love to blog. I love to write. I love to talk clearly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I want to connect to my inner writer because I don't want to just leave. I didn't want to leave medicine behind when I was in grad school. And now that I'm a naturopathic doctor, I don't want to leave writing behind either. I loved writing essays and I like, I love writing, writing blog posts. So I always kind of knew I'd write a book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What advice would you give to, um, any aspiring entrepreneurs in the medical field specifically? Mm. Walk the talk. Mm. Um, so I've been telling everybody lately, I'm taking a much needed vacation, you know, like you have to take time for yourself. And uh, I've learned that the hard way. So I have a real good story for you. I don't know if you know this, but um, I was feeling really good last fall and I was working really hard. I believe that um, if you feel well and you're you know, and you're in a good mindset, you know, things will boom, you know, your business will boom, everything will grow. So my practice did, I was book solid during a time of year when I didn't expect to be book solid. And that's around Christmas time, um, at the end of the year. Um, because people don't want to be told to eat a gluten and dairy free diet and to try to get healthy when the holidays roll around. So, um, I, but I was really busy and that carried forward into the new year and I didn't take enough time for me. I was working stupid hours and I was, you know, really pushing it because I know there are boom and bust periods and seasonality for different professions, um, especially in uh, integrative healthcare like me. And so I started to feel run down again. Lo and behold, I gave myself mono. I got a mono infection in March. I'd run myself so hard. And that forced me to take some days off. And it has still forced me um, to be a little bit kinder to myself. When I need to rest, I listen to my body and I rest. So everyone has to listen to their body. It's a really cliche phrase. Everybody says it. No one really knows what that means. And I always relearn that lesson. So if you're a business owner in the healthcare field, walk the talk. Take care of yourself if you're helping other people take care of themselves. As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you. 
whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkobe.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the Purpose Round, where we ask our entrepreneurs the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind their business and their entrepreneurial journey. So Hillary, what is your purpose as an entrepreneur? My purpose is to heal people. I'm a healer, but I'm also an educator. Can I have two purposes? Yeah, sure. Okay. sure. Um, I heal through education. It's my job to empower people because I'm going to teach them about how their body works and teach them what they need to do in order to get better. Okay. Yeah. What is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? Hmm. I'd say, I'd say reading. I love consuming information and I'm usually that person who's going to be reading something, uh, until, uh, you know, say if I'm reading a book, I'm reading in bed and then I fall asleep and you know, the book hits my face yeah, wow. and then I wake up. Um, so yeah, it's, this is a lot of, a lot of people say this, but reading is really important to me. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? This is always a tough question. Um, I could, if I could have a conversation with my grandfather again, um, I would. He passed away in 2015 when he was 96. Um, wow. yeah, he was a really cool dude. Uh, he, uh, is, he's a self-made person. Um, not, not as a business owner, but kind of went from, you know, being on the farm to being a chief pilot with a major airline, um, and then retired and lived a life of moderation and, and engagement and all of those really wonderful, healthy habits until he was 96. And he lived on his own until he was 96. And he, he kind of passed away, I guess, because his body said it was time. Um, I'd love to be able to talk to him now because I developed a friendship, uh, with him as an adult. And I want to tell him what's happened, uh, to my practice since, since he's passed. Cool. Yeah. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment and what did you learn from it? So my, it'd probably be the mono. Um, so my worst entrepreneurial mo uh, moment was when I, I worked so hard and was in such a, at, at the time I was in a very garbage mindset and I was stuck in a rut and I was spinning my wheels and my body just said, you need to push the reset button. So I learned that your body will tell you when you need to push the reset button, but please don't let it get that far again. You know, so listen to the body will shout at you. Listen to when it whispers and when it talks instead of when it shouts at you. What is your main strategy for organizing your day? My Google calendar is everything. Um, I actually, one of the things that you have to learn in, uh, in entrepreneurship is when to outsource. So organizing my day, I have a virtual assistant and she, from her computer helps me organize my day. She puts everything into my Google calendar and I know where I need to be. I don't even know what day of the week it is. I just know where I need to be and I haven't screwed up yet. So that's something in, in many years I have not screwed up. So I think that that's, that keeps me on track. Um, and I keep everything in Google keep. That's where my brain is. It's, it's a visual organization cause it's all sticky notes and that's where my brain stays. My to-do lists and whatnot. My assistant can see it. Um, so I think outsourcing and calendar and virtual calendars are really important to my organization. Okay. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only a hundred dollars, how would you leverage that? Hmm. How would I use the hundred dollars? Uh, that's really, I'd probably, 
Because, I mean, even thinking with zero dollars, what I've learned is that you need to connect and build your network with as as many people as possible. And I'm always doing that. I call it sowing seeds. So I'm always planting seeds and watching them sprout. And I've had to do this at various times, you know, with various intensity, depending on where my business is. Um, so if I could use that $100, it would be to take everyone out for coffee. So it would be, it would just be buying coffees for everybody for if I could do it. Look, the way coffee costs now, it'd probably be 50 people. But if <laughs> coffee costs a dollar, I'd buy a hundred people $1 coffees. Yeah. I'm hearing that a lot. A lot of people say they just leverage the connections that, that they've built. Yeah. And it's not even like how people are going to give you business. It's how, like what, what opportunities will come of it? When we met, did I know that you were going to, that I was going to be on your podcast? Absolutely not. That's true. But here we are, year, like a couple years later, um, you know, sitting here recording a podcast. I've met all sorts of connections with people that way. And my patients refer, you know, their friends and family and whatnot. So uh, the more people who know who you are and that you exist, the better. Absolutely. What's the best advice you've ever received? It's the, it's the, this one and this one that I referenced earlier, I will credit it to Blake Fleischacker, who I said you should have on your show. Um, and he is, uh, and he, he, uh, credits it to his dad. And he told me when I was going through a tough decision process, you can never make the right decision. You can only make decisions right, which is really liberating because whatever you choose, it is the right decision. Just go with it. And maybe it feels like the wrong decision at the time, but it's all going to work out. It's all meant to be. You will make it work. List your top three most influential books. One of them is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, he's, I guess, a Tim Ferriss disciple. And he, it's, it's all about the, um, philosophy of stoicism and how you can take problems and turn them into triumphs, which I think is great. Um, another one is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And she is, um, she's a huge practitioner. Actually, she just recently passed, um, a huge practitioner of mind body medicine, um, in that her theory is, and you see, I see variations of this popping up both in my clinical practice and in the, in my life is that certain diseases stem from different thought patterns and different, um, mental, emotional issues that maybe have formed earlier in your life. That's not necessarily a business book, but it's very relevant to me. And I think everyone should read it anyway, because mind body medicine is part of the future, future of medicine. That's for sure. Um, last one. That's a really, uh, uh, really influential one. Um, so many, you got to shift. Through sure are. Um, I'm anything that will kind of get your mindset in the right direction. I'm reading this book now and I really, really like it. Um, I, I don't know if it's my, my biggest one. I'd probably say a Tim Ferriss style book like, Oh no, no, I'm going to change it. I, I do love the four hour body because he's a really, um, Tim Ferriss. So this is like four books, of course. Um, but 
Tony, I love Tony Robbins stuff. I think he's incredibly motivating. Any one of his books, anything like Awaken the Giant Within is really wonderful because it's empowering. You can move mountains. You can do so much with the right mindset and anything that gets you in the right mindset is really helpful. So Tony Robbins audiobooks are pretty incredible. Um, I really, really like his material. Okay. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. That you can be an introvert and still succeed. Yeah. Cause I believe it or not, for someone who talks as much as I do, I'm really shy. I grew up super shy. Um, and nobody knows that when they talk to me in business, going to networking events, like open networking events for me, here's what I liken it to. It's like, you know, you're going to jump into a lake of cold water and that's how you feel. How cliche is that? But, and that, so that's what going to events are like for me. I'm usually the la the first person to, to leave, go like, Hey, I've had a great time today. I'm so glad I was able to connect with you, but I'm ready to go home and lay on my bed and not talk to anyone for a while. So I think you need to, as much as it's great to be gregarious and social and, um, and to network a ton, I think you need to know yourself and you need to manage yourself. So I know like I'll go for four or five meetings and I'll be able to connect with people people really well, but then I know I need to go rest a little bit after. So knowing your body and knowing yourself is really important with that. But as an introvert, you can succeed. I feel like I should have a networking for introverts, um, masterclass or something like that. That's a neat idea. Networking maybe. for introverts. Yeah. Maybe we'll promote it in the future. Yeah, for sure. Is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners? Something that everyone else hasn't said. Um, <laughs> yeah, be brave, but be true to yourself. Um, everybody says, be, be yourself. And I've had to learn that. Like there are times where I've tried to be the healthcare provider that I wasn't meant to be, um, where I'm trying to practice in a certain way with a certain style, um, or try to have a certain affect or, because there is, you know, a, um, a, an aspect of, of you're leading someone when you're being a naturopathic doctor, when you're coaching them on your, their health, there is a performative aspect to it. When I'm in the office, I'm Dr. Hillary, right? And when I come home, maybe I'm slightly, a slightly different version of myself. But when I'm closer to myself, um, and being my little weirdo self, who's, you know, transparent, candid, open and honest, and, you know, we're laughing or we're crying or whatever it is with my patients in the office, then they can be themselves. And that's where healing begins. So be, be yourself, be, cause even if you're a little weirdo, people will love the little weirdo that you are. And if they don't, that's okay too. Um, it's totally okay for people to not be okay with you. Um, because that's fine. They're not the people you're meant to work with. They're not your ideal client. They're not your ideal customer. They're not your ideal patient. Your ideal patient will gravitate towards who you are. There's plenty of other people that they can work with, but they're choosing to work with you because you were recommended by someone who believes in you. So be you. Absolutely. And how can the Purposeful Story family reach out to you and follow you on your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, because I'm a weirdo and a science geek, but I like to be a little bit unconventional. I call, um, as you called me, um, my 
Instagram handle is Dr. Webby ND. Uh, WebsterNaturopathic.com is my website. I've got on there a really cool webinar on what I said earlier on how I practice, you know, how to go about starting to uncover your hidden, um, hidden hormonal deficiencies and nutrient deficiencies and those imbalances that are robbing you of your energy. So you can check out that webinar. It's a lengthy one. I, I do a lot of education around it. I'm kind of proud of it actually. Um, and you can have, you can find me on Facebook at Dr. Webster ND. I actually went for Webster this time. Um, my, my full last name, uh, but Dr. Webby was something that came out of my, my gym. I'm a CrossFitter as well. And they, nice. they kind of started calling me Dr. Webby. And so that's something I'm totally okay with people, uh, people, uh, check it out, check me out online. Cause there I am lots of blogs, lots of information, more and more videos coming out as well. Okay. Thank you. Purposeful story family for listening to the purposeful story podcast. And remember live every day with purpose. So all your actions are clear. That's all for this episode. I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose. We all have a different journey in life, and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey. Thank you so much for tuning in, because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or CastBox. Give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I Am Kobe Talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to IamKobe.com forward slash purposeful story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala Writes for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.